Welcome to this episode of the Elite Advisor Blueprint Podcast with your host, Brad Johnson. Brad's the VP of Advisor Development at Advisors Excel, the largest independent insurance brokerage company in the U.S. He's also a regular contributor to Investment News, The Wall Street Journal, and other industry publications. Welcome to the Elite Advisor Blueprint, the podcast for world-class financial advisors. I'm Brad Johnson, VP of Advisor Development at Advisors Excel, and it's my goal to distill the best ideas and advice from top thought leaders and apply it to the world of independent financial advising. In today's conversation, Hal Elrod is back for round two on the podcast. If you happen to be unfamiliar with Hal and his Miracle Morning book and the morning routine that's created a movement for millions worldwide, be sure to go back and check out our first conversation. It's at episode 32. Hal last joined the podcast back in 2017, and it was literally his very first interview since being diagnosed cancer-free. Since then, in addition to finishing his new book, which we'll dive deep into today, he's also wrapped up a soon-to-be-released documentary on The Miracle Morning. He hosts his own podcast weekly, speaks for audiences around the world, and flat-out stays busier than anyone else I know. And that's just in the less than two years since recovering from a life-threatening illness. Most of what we cover today is on Hal's latest book, The Miracle Equation, the two decisions that move your biggest goals from possible to probable to inevitable, which is officially live for purchase today. And I've already read through it, highlighted, dog-eared my pre-release copy, and I'm looking forward to sharing Hal's insights in this conversation. Even better for those financial advisor authors out there, Hal walks through his behind-the-scenes book promotion strategy that worked for Miracle Morning and how that's evolved for his latest book, the best part being that most of it was done with no marketing budget whatsoever. Here are a few highlights of what we get into today. Number one, I start today's conversation by asking Hal, who was not an achiever early in life, what changed and how he wires himself to keep achieving. In turn, he shares the story of how he kickstarted his rock star sales career and uncovered the foundation of what became the Miracle Equation. Next, Hal defines what the word miracle really means and the two-part framework of the Miracle Equation. He talks about what makes miracles such a loaded word and why it's not a random or passive act, but rather can be a tangible, measurable way to shift your mindset and achieve your greatest goals when you utilize one, unwavering faith, and two, extraordinary effort. From there, we discuss Hal's unique marathon approach to book promotion and how it differs from most authors' approach of sprinting up to the official book release. It obviously works as he's reached over 1 million people with his first book, which just so happened to be self-published, I might add. And if you listen for no other reason than to hear Hal's unique approach to utilize this very medium you're listening to right now, podcasting, versus the more traditional media way to maximize your book sales and reach, I promise you'll be happy you did. Finally, we get into how to use the miracle equation to make extraordinary effort a predictable, ordinary part of your life and how you can translate the miracle equation into the real world. Okay, before we dive into the conversation, one of our biggest gives yet on our show. First off, Hal and his team sent me a box of his latest book, The Miracle Equation, as a thank you for all you listening in, and I'll be mailing them out until they're all gone. Besides just the book, as a pre-release gift, he's also included $1,347 worth of gives to go along with it. They include Hal's first ever online course for The Miracle Equation. It's a live six-week interactive training hosted by Hal himself, Hal's guided meditation audio to help you get your day started off right, and The Miracle Equation one-page printable implementation guide. So here's what to do next. 
if you want not only your free book, but also all of those gifts. Number one, visit the show notes at bradleyjohnson.com forward slash five five. That's 55 where you'll see an offer to grab a free copy of Hal's book right at the top. Just click the graphic. From there, you'll get all the instructions on what to do next. But it's as simple as leaving an honest review out on iTunes for our show. You can visit the link bradleyjohnson.com forward slash iTunes to make it easy. Or if you're listening in on a mobile app, just scroll down to the review section. Once you've left a review, just drop us an email via brad at bradleyjohnson.com with your iTunes username and the best mailing address to ship your book. And we'll drop you a copy in the mail with directions on how to get all the gifts. That simple. As always, all the additional show notes, books mentioned, and people discussed, as well as a full transcript of the show can be found out on the show notes as well. So that's it. As always, thanks for listening. And without further delay, my conversation with Hal Elrod. Welcome to this episode of the Elite Advisor Blueprint. I have special guest Hal Elrod back for round two here with us today. Welcome to the show, Hal. Let's do this one even twice as good as the first one. Twice as good and twice as fast. Because yeah. I, know, I know that you have an absolutely insane schedule with the upcoming book right here. Actually, you were nice enough to send me an early copy. The Miracle. Yeah, I, I love. I do love. I think it's a beautiful one. I like that cover. This one's already, it's got a lot of wear, a lot of highlights already and, and dog ears. So nice. Um, anyway, that makes me happy. That's an author's favorite thing to see on their book is dog ears and highlights. You know, I used to be the guy that like would leave them pristine and I'm like, me too. Yeah. this is not, this is not working. So no point tread them. So anyway, thanks for carving out some time. This is going to be a fun conversation. What's really fun. I actually listened to our last conversation that we did back in 2017. And that was a very different Hal Elrod. That I think was your first podcast back from kind of recovering from cancer. Wow. And what's inspiring to me, man, is how much you've done since then. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, okay, well, let's get that over with. And now let's just dive in, write a second book, finish up a documentary. So yeah. I know we're, we can go a few different places here, but let's just start there. Like, what drives you? Like, and maybe it goes right into the miracle equation, but that, I mean, mm. that's it. Most people don't do that in a life without recovering from cancer. So so what's the wiring that just makes you want to keep achieving and, and doing these things that impact people all over the world? Yeah, it's a great question. I like that you ask it because I don't get asked that a lot. Well, first and foremost, I think it's good to know where somebody comes from and kind of what they were like, you know, to, I think, one, to relate, be able to relate, like, we all have a point A to a point B, right? Like, we all have where we are and who we are. And then we have our full potential, like in terms of our life, our results, and, and just who we are as a person. You know, so there's where, where we are compared to who we could become or who we aspire, or who we're working toward becoming. So for me, it's important, I think, to know, like my whole life, I was very average. My, you know, I mean, growing up, I was not an achiever. You know, I have friends, in fact, our mutual friend, John Berghoff, right, who he's the guy that was, you know, like superstar at everything he did, right? You know, when he was on the golf team, he was breaking records in the golf, right? And then, you know, it's like in school, he was a genius. He just on and on where I was like this total mediocre kid, class clown, not a lot of confidence. And uh, at age 19, I started in uh, a job in sales selling Cutco Kitchen Cutlery, which I was a radio DJ. That was my dream. I was pursuing this radio DJ kind of career. And a buddy of mine convinced me to give this, go to an interview. I'm like, dude, I'm not a sales person. Like, I have no desire to be in sales, but just to get you to sh- leave me alone, I will go to your interview. Went to the interview and uh, decided, I, you know, I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to, I like this idea of no ceiling on my income, you know, 
commission. I like that. That's interesting, right? And and it seems like the opportunity to learn and grow in business is really interesting. So I took that on. And on my second day of training, my mentor, who was the top manager in the company at that point, and he's 23 years old. He's like a Doogie Hauser, you know, record-breaking, awesome guy. Good, good friend of mine now, Jess Vilbine. And Jesse hired me and, and thanks to his mentorship and his belief in me, like on the second day of training, we learned about the company records where, hey, it's called your fast start. Your first 10 days, we have all these incentives and prizes. The point is we're tr- we want you to get off to a fast start because you'll have confidence, you'll have momentum, you'll write once you'll develop some great work ethic. So we're bribing you, right? We're, we're making this, we're setting you up for success here. And uh, there was something inside me where we found out that the the girl that broke the fast start record had just broken it 12 days prior. And uh, so she had just broken the record. And she was also 19 years old, college student, so was I. And there was something inside me. And I think what I'm about to share, I think is one of the most important beliefs for all of us to hold true. And the belief was, if she could do it, maybe I could do it. That was it. It was, why not me, right? And I think that for most of us, we create separation between us and people that we admire, right? We go, well, well, man, they have way more experience than me, or they're, they're much younger, or they're much older, or they're, you know, they're much better looking, or they, didn't, they weren't abused as children. Like we, we, we find all the differences between us and people that are achieving the things that we want in life. And go, well, that's, you know, yeah, if I, if I had that or I wish I had that. And I think that what we need to do is the opposite is not, wow, look at them. They're different or better than me, but wow, look at them. They're a human being that were born with no skills, no knowledge, no, you know, and, and the same unlimited ability that I have. And they simply made some decisions and took some actions that enabled, put them in a position to create these extraordinary results. Why not me? And so I went to my manager and I said, I want to, I want to break the all time record. And he kind of pushed back and said, how? I don't think you know what that means. Uh, that's harder work than you could ever imagine. But if you're willing to commit at a level you've never been committed before to anything, I believe you could do this. I was intimidated, I was, but I was embarrassed at that point going, oh, well, shit, I can't back down now. I got I to gotta do it. So I said, oh, <laughs> I don't know. realized it, man. It yeah, was- yeah. Now I, I didn't want to look like a total goon. And so I said, all right, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll do it, whatever it takes. And long story short, 10 days later and 62 presentation, sales presentations, 90 minute sales presentations. So do the math. So I worked a night, 90 hours in those 10 days, plus driving about a half an hour at each one. So two hours, so hundred and something hours of work in those 10 days. Right. And the thing is I was a lazy kid my whole life. And I share this because it's that, you know, it's, I think Tony Robbins says that it's our moments of decisions that our destiny is shaped. Like in the moment of decision where I decided and I committed I will give it everything I have for these next 10 days to try to break this record, even though nothing in my past shows that I have any work ethic, that I have any sales ability, that I have anything. But I'm going to step out on faith. And, and this, this really is the first time I used the miracle equation, even though I didn't call it that. I didn't know I was even doing it. But the miracle equation is made up of two very distinct decisions, Brad, and, and we'll, I know we'll get into these today. But these decisions are not just for me, but if you study the world's most successful individuals in any walk of life, prolific achievers and innovators and world champion athletes, every single one of them, I mean, it's almost universal. There's, there, it'd be a really rare case that you'd find that these two decisions are not fundamental in the way that they live their lives. They're not one-time decisions. They're made over and over and over every day that they wake up, every time they face a challenge. These decisions are every time they are faced with an opportunity. This is what enables them and, and is really responsible for their success. And so for me, these two decisions, unwavering faith and extraordinary effort, I made those on that very first day. I committed to Jesse that I would maintain unwavering faith that I could achieve this 
thing that not only had I had never achieved, no one in the history of our company had ever achieved. And I, I committed, I put forth extraordinary effort regardless of my results along the way. Cause I wasn't on track along the way. I was behind most of the time and I had to come from behind. I had to work, keep working, even though I had self doubt. My first day I went out there all fired up and I went, Oh, for three, I sold $0. So I started completely behind any confidence that I manufactured in training going, you know, they call it uninformed optimism. Dude, I could do it. I could do anything. <laughs> oh shit. Maybe I can't. I've sold nothing. Uh, who was I kidding? And I actually called my manager to quit on day one. I'm like, hey, I was talking out my, you know, like I, I don't, I talked a big game, man. I sold nothing. Uh, I'm lame, right? My bad. And I called him, and he's like, Hal, you could do one of two things. You could give up. I'm like, yeah, that's what I'm thinking about doing. What, what else could I do? And he said, or you could do the only thing that a champion would do, which is get back on the phone and set more appointments for tomorrow, and realize that some days you sell, some days you don't. Today was the day you didn't. Happened to me, not you know, the first day. Tomorrow you'll probably sell big. And the next day I sold, you know, 3,000 bucks and it was off to the races. But the point is, your past does not dictate your future, right? I know it's cliche, but it's so true. And this book and what we're going to talk about for the next 40 minutes that we got is how, you know, the subtitle of the book really tells it all. It's the two decisions that move your biggest goals from possible to probable to inevitable. And that's what this is about is how do you take your biggest goals, your biggest dreams, the most significant, meaningful outcomes that you would create for your life and move them from being a possibility, which anything's possible. I don't care about what's possible. No, people don't achieve what's possible. They achieve what they pursue what's probable, right? We don't pursue that, which is unlikely. When was the last time, Brad, that you know, you, people set goals? They're like, I don't think there's, there's very little chance of me achieving this. So I'm going to give it everything I have. No, like, we, we need probability. And so this is how do you take these, these possibilities, these grand visions for your life and move them into the realm of probable so you actually have traction to start moving forward? And then how do you move them from probable to inevitable so that your success is virtually guaranteed in a matter of time? And that's really, that's where we're going with this. Awesome. Let's unpack the word miracle because that can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. And yeah. one of the things I, I love at the beginning of the book is you actually define there's two types of miracles. And so can you dive into what those are and, and when you define the miracle equation, what that actually means, the, the middle word there? Yes, it's a great, it's a great starting place. The, so yeah, miracle is a loaded word. And I think that the first type of miracles is what I would call passive random miracles, right? And this is how I think most miracles are viewed. And it kind of gives miracles a bad name or a bad rap, if you will. And that is that Miracles are viewed as this passive random act, right? Where it's like, oh, you know, I'm going to pray and wait for a miracle or hope a miracle, hope I win the lottery or hope, you know, this thing happens. I'm going to sit back and passively just wish and want for this thing to come to be. And the problem with that is it's not, so that's kind of a passive miracle. It doesn't, we don't have any control over it. It's unreliable. It's not trustworthy. It's, it's, you know, pray and wait strategy, cross my fingers and hope. The other type of miracle is a random miracle, which is like when you hear these, you know, you know, miraculous healings or like they're in the book, I talk about the story of a, a gentleman who jumped out of an airplane, 14,000 feet to skydive and his parachute never opened and he bounced off the ground and he lived. Like, how do you fall? Right? That, that, you call that a miracle, right? Yeah. But that doesn't help you or I create what I would call in the book, I call it a, you know, your tangible measurable miracles. Like that's what we're after. We're not after, you know, these pie in the sky, passive or random acts. It's no, no, no. I want to create tangible, measurable miracles. And, and here's how I define a miracle in the context of this book and in what really the kind of miracles that I think that we're, we would be after. And it is any meaningful outcome 
outside the realm of what you believe is probable for you. And I'll say that again, I'm going to break it down. So any meaningful outcome outside the realm of what you believe is probable for you. So I said probable because possible, again, like I said, is not what we pursue. You know, if, you, if you're an optimist, you're part of the optimist club, you believe in the optimist credo, which is anything is possible, but possible is rarely enough to get us out of bed in the morning with the drive and the clarity and the, you know, the motivation to move our biggest goals and dreams in, into reality because anything is possible. And if you are part of the optimist club of believing that anything is possible, what happens is often that will get us to establish the faith that we can do something we've never done. And that is what they call, I think I said it earlier, uninformed optimism, right? Which is like, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I, you know, I listen to Tony Robbins and I know that anything is possible. And I'm, you know, I'm a big fan of Tony and, and he is, you know, I think that's the first step is you've got to get out there and step out on faith. But here's the problem with that is that when we go out there with the anything is possible and I believe I, I can do anything, I'm going to do it. And then we start down the path toward a goal or a dream or a meaningful outcome. And then as soon as we run into a roadblock, we encounter an obstacle, we experience a setback, then more often than not, you're like, oh, 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 maybe it's not possible, right? That's what happened for me. Uninformed optimism when I started in my sales career was, I'm going to break the all-time record. But like my manager said, you don't even know what you're saying. Like you don't even know what that means or what that would take, right? You're just talking out here, you know, whatever. Like, and so that was my uninformed optimism. And then what I did is what most people do, which is like, okay, I can do it. I went out, I went out for three, three appointments, thought for sure I'd make some sales, made no sales. And that is where my faith went out the window. And I was like, oh, I was kidding myself. And that's what most of us do. Most people aren't even willing to step out on the faith and they just stay in their comfort zone, right? And our life stays the same. And, and in the sales industry, obviously, all three of those prospects were unqualified. It wasn't your fault. Right? No, it wasn't my yeah, fault. That's, exactly. That's how we start to uh, compartmentalize that stuff to make it okay. Absolutely. And so, so for me, I was ready to quit because again, when we the faith goes out the window and you go, oh, well, I thought anything was possible, but obviously it's, anything's not possible because it didn't work out the way that I wanted. So as you're going through the miracle, now we're really defining it as, okay, here's how to make these like you tell a story you were trying. I like to use this story because it applies so much to financial services. Yeah. You're early in your career at Cutco and there was this like $20,000 sales goal. You'd hit it twice. There'd nobody that had to ever hit it three times in a row. Yeah. And it was a 14 day sales period. And you're like, great, I'm going to go get this thing. And then all of a sudden they're like, well, this one's actually only 10 days. Yeah. And so by your definition of miracle, that's a miracle to be able to hit the $20,000 sales goal in now a much reduced time window. And my question is, okay, now that you've defined what this new version of a miracle is, now it's the extraordinary effort. Can you start to define, okay, well, now I conceptually think I can do this, but now it's actually executing on that. And, and what does that look like? Yeah. And yeah. And, and what the story that you just alluded to was the, or that was the origin of the miracle equation. That's where I came up with it, where I named it. I was trying to hit the sales goal in 14 days and no one had ever done this before. And to your point, the only thing I'll correct of what you said is you, you're, I was like, hey, all gung-ho, let's do it. It was much more like, oh my God, how am I going to do this? The odds of me being able to hit this a third time in a row, it's never been done before. You know, The first two times we're lucky. That's what happens when we usually achieve extraordinary results. We end up pointing to luck. Because it's like, oh man, if that customer wouldn't have called me at the last minute, and then if that lady wouldn't have had her sister-in-law also need a big financial services deal, you know what I mean? Like, right? It's like, if all that wouldn't have fallen into place, I got lucky. Like, I can't predict those things happening again, right? 
So I went into that third period, like I spent a week or two leading up to it in my mind going like, you know, getting myself committed. Like I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. Come on. You can do this. How it's possible. You could do it. So I got myself all fired up. And then a few days before the sales contest started, I went to my meeting, my sales meeting and our manager said, Hey, everybody, just letting you, in case you're not aware, remember that the conference got moved back four days. So you didn't have the full 14 days. Now you don't have the full 14 days. You have 10 days in case you want to adjust your goals accordingly. And my, my heart sank into my stomach because I just spent weeks, you know, fire, like I can do it in 14 days. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You're not, ta- no, no, no. You're not taking away 30% of my, yeah. you know, time period. I raised my hand and I said, Hey, Frank, I said, I asked my manager, I said, now tell me because this is only 10 days, this doesn't count towards like records and stuff, right? Like sales records. I'm, I'm like, we don't get the full 14 days. He goes, how sorry, this still counts. You know, it, it, you got to, whatever you're doing, whatever you're planning on, you, you got to do it in 10 days. Like there's no way. And I went home that night and I, I essentially, I was just trying in my head going, what am I going to do? You know, just filled with fear and self doubt. Like there's no way I could 14 days felt almost impossible. 10 days feels impossible. Right. And then I remembered something and I, you know, there's an entire chapter on this topic in the book. And it, the idea is to remove our fear of failure, removing your fear of failure. I remembered something that one of my mentors, Dan Cassetta, who you've, you know, Dan from Front Road Ads, Dan taught me this. And I believe this is a lesson that he learned from his mentor, Jim Rohn. And to paraphrase the lesson, it's the idea that the real purpose of a goal is not to hit the goal. The real purpose of a goal is to develop yourself into the type of person who can achieve bigger and better and more meaningful goals. And it's based on the idea that whether or not you hit a goal is much less consequential and beneficial to the type of person that you become in the midst of your pursuit of a goal. So in other words, if you set a goal and you give it everything you have with more discipline, more conviction, more clarity, more consistency than you ever have before in your life, whether or not you hit that goal is really inconsequential to the person that you become by approaching that goal that way with that level of commitment, right? And so I thought, I can buy into that. What if I like just give it everything I have to sell 20 grand, even though knowing the odds are I probably won't? Like statistically, I probably will not hit it. But what if I don't let that be enter my mind space? Like what if unwavering faith is my mindset where I, I just decide that no words are allowed to come out of my mouth other than I'm going to give it everything I have to reach this goal until the last moment, regardless of my results, there is no other option. Like that was my mantra. I am committed to give it everything I have to sell $20,000 in the next 10 days, regardless of my results along the way, no matter what, there is no other option. And Brad, I wrote that down on a piece of paper. I kept it in my pocket and I read it probably hundreds of times during those 10 days. And this is how you make unwavering faith from this elusive concept of like pray and wait and have faith that things are going to be okay to know you're having faith in yourself and faith in your commitment to giving it whatever it takes, right? And what we focus on expands. What we think about, you know, is our reality, right? So, I mean, these are old timeless adages. And so the idea is when we are working towards a goal and we're not on track for that goal, seeds of doubt and self-doubt and fear are planted, right? And then we focus on the doubt. We're like, oh yeah, I'm not on track. What if my next appointment goes just as bad as this one did? What if my next quarter is just right? What, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if? And that becomes our reality and we, we can't help but our mindset affect how we feel. 
and the actions that we're propelled to take or not take. So typically, when we're working towards a goal and we're not on track, the faith that it's possible or probable goes out the window. And when the faith goes out the window, the effort goes out the window. And I know you asked about effort, so we're going to transition into that. Yeah. So so what's interesting about that, one of my mentors, I remember he told me he does his goals every year and he hangs them in the shower just because that's one place he knows he's going to be hanging out at least once a day with yep. nothing to do, right? And yeah. what I take from that story is you committed it to writing, right? And then it was verbalized over and over. You just kept it in front of you. You're like, hey, that's it. might not hit this 20K, but I'm sure as hell going to try. Yeah, not, I, it's not rocket science. At the end and yeah. say, I didn't put in the effort. And one of the things, um, this is page 149. Uh, you've got a quote from Muhammad Ali. It's lack of faith that makes people afraid of meeting challenges. And I believed in myself. And what I love how you open this chapter is you've got all of these examples. People we all know, Dr. Seuss, 27 publishers passed on his first book. Babe Ruth had 1,330 strikeouts, but also had a home run record that stood for a few years, right? And uh, Walt Disney fired from a newspaper because he had no good ideas. So I just love that there's a lot of people that had they given up the faith, early on, they would have never become who they are and who we know them to be today. So I love that starting with the faith. Now let's go and flip over into how you break down the execution when you went over three and keep battling through. Hey, Blueprint listeners, I have a special opportunity for you this week. I wouldn't interrupt the middle of an interview. Otherwise, we are hosting an event at AE headquarters May 19th through 21st literally right around the corner. It's focused on how you as a financial advisor can make the leap from traditional old school marketing to the new digital frontier. We're going to discuss real world tactics from our top clients from across the country when it comes to these new strategies with Facebook ads and other digital marketing tactics. Our top offices are currently delivering prospects to their live events. And even better, you may be able to completely eliminate dinner bills from your marketing budget as many of them have. Here's a bit of what we'll cover at the event. First, we'll have Jonathan Musgrave. He's the CEO of the digital marketing firm that is consistently filling our advisors' events with 40 plus prospects per evening. Incredibly, they've only missed on this four times in over 400 campaigns the last three years. And all attendees are being invited directly from Facebook ads with an online registration and automated drip process to an educational event with no dinner being served. During the event, you'll get full transparency on exactly how they're doing it, including a little-known tactic Facebook calls a look-alike audience you can utilize on Facebook to clone your top clients. Then, of course, once you get a qualified prospect to show up, the next obvious question is, how do I convince them to book an appointment? That's where Pat Quinn comes in. His experience as a professional consultant and speaker has helped world-famous personalities, ranging from Olympic athletes to New York Times, best-selling authors, and countless attendees worldwide to master their presentation skills and captivate audiences. He'll cover not just the tactics, but also the framework behind motivating an audience to take action. Lastly, we'll have two of our top performing offices, which gathered 233 million and 97 million organically in 2018, share their tested-in-the-trenches methods to building a true financial services business a business that operates whether they happen to be in the office or not. They'll cover real-world marketing ROIs for public events, radio, TV, how they consistently keep their advisors' calendars full with qualified prospects, and the key to building their proprietary appointment system and client deliverable so you can clone yourself, the advisor, and scale your firm. Essentially talking through that transition that's so hard to make from salesperson or asset manager to a true business owner and CEO. 
If you'd like to see if you qualify to attend, you can fill out a short application. We're talking less than five minutes at bradleyjohnson.com forward slash the catalyst, T-H-E-C-A-T-A-L-Y-S-T. And for those that qualify, we'll cover the cost for you to attend, including flight, hotel, and tuition to the event. We're willing to invest back into you for those that make sense for future business partners. And who knows, maybe even we'll crack a nice bottle of wine at my house. Added bonus, right? So go fill out the application at bradleyjohnson.com forward slash the catalyst to save your spot. And I will look forward to the opportunity to meet a few of you face to face. Yeah. So the second decision is to maintain extraordinary effort. And my objective in the book is to help you make extraordinary effort feel ordinary, right? And the idea is so extraordinary effort, here's the simplest way to do that, kind of defining it. Mm-hmm. Extraordinary effort doesn't mean hustling and grinding and, you know, Gary Vaynerchucking every 80 hour a day, you know, right? Like work days. Extraordinary effort in one word is consistency. And, and you look at that, that's how you move your biggest goals and dreams from possible to probable to inevitable is consistency. So if you do one thing each day that moves you in the direction of a specific meaningful outcome, what I, in the book, I call it your mission, right? Which is like, okay, we've all got lots of goals, but what's your mission and your mission at any given time? It doesn't have to be your mission in your entire life. You can have a life mission, but it can be your mission this month or this quarter or this year. Usually for me, I've got an annual mission or at any given time, like right now, my mission is to get this book in the hands of well over a million people. And that's to start. And I did that with my first book. My mission was that I will maintain unwavering faith that the miracle morning can change the world and by changing like one person at a time. Mm-hmm. And I will put forth extraordinary effort until I've changed over 1 million lives one morning at a time. And once the book reached over a million people, which took me about seven years of promotion and over 300 podcast interviews and over a dozen television interviews and radio interviews and, you know, and, 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 and well over a hundred speaking engagements, right? That's extraordinary effort. Okay, the, let, uh, let, let, me, let me hit the pause button right there because yeah. what, what's really interesting, actually, it's, you went actually to the page I had open right here. <laughs> yeah, so, nice. There you go. So that, for those of you joining us on video, that is, that's your book sales. When was that starting? 2012, 12, 12, 12, 12 to 2015. That's how's pot or uh, miracle morning book sales. And you see the graph starts really small there on the far side and then ramps. And I remember you sharing with this. I think this was the first dad's retreat, kind of your book promotion strategy. A lot of our clients, a lot of financial advisors out there have written a book and they do the, what you called the sprint, this massive book promotion. And then after a month, then they're done. Yep. Can you share your strategy that relates to your podcast that you were just talking of more the marathon approach to promoting a book and what that looked like. Because I think there's a lot out there that can benefit from that. Yeah. Whenever you like that graph is so telling, right? And I've had a lot of authors that see me give a speech where I talk, I you know, have a speech called Beyond the Bestseller where I talk about book stuff. And a lot of authors go, man, that graph was just like a slap across the face, you know, kick in the butt. Then mm-hmm. they always tell me, I promoted my book hard for a month. And then I got I focused on the next squirrel, the next rabbit, and I chased the next thing. And I did right. And they go, man, I wonder what would have happened if I, because it took me, if you, if you look at that graph, it was 18 months of promotion over 150 podcast interviews during those 18 months to get my book sales up to where they were the first month. Right. Yeah. So most authors, their first month is their best month ever. And then they trail off and it never comes back. And I was like, well, dude, if you wrote a book that can change people's lives or created any value in any service and any product and any whatever, right? Like, why would you invest all the time to write a book that you're only going to get out to the world for a month? 
Yeah, and think so how long me, it takes to write a book. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. You should, and, yeah. and that's the thing is, you should be writing a book a hell of a long. I mean, promoting a book longer than writing the book. If the writing the book took a year, promote it for three or ten or whatever. You know, yeah. that was my commitment. Was I will promote this book until, and and that's a really important word when it comes to the miracle equation. It's establishing and maintaining unwavering faith. It's maintaining extraordinary effort, and until. And you, you want to circle that word and underline it three times because, you know, one of my favorite, I don't know if it's a quote, philosophy, whatever you call it, but is it takes 10 years to be an overnight success. And I love that, you know, and, and it's the idea that, you know, you see these people. In fact, somebody was interviewing me yesterday. Who was it? But anyway, they said, they're like, Hal, you're kind of like an overnight success. You know, you were like, nobody knew you. And then miracle, you know, your first book, my first book came out in 2006. It sold like a few thousand copies over like six years. Nobody knew. Right. And then the second book came out and now it's sold a million copies. Right. So overnight success, but it's like, yeah, but. You didn't see the night, like the miracle equation, for example, that push period, that sales contest where I made this up, it was 19 years ago, right? I've been teaching this for 19 years and now I'm going to be on the Today Show in, uh, I don't know if you know that yet, but I just found out I was gonna be on the, I'm going to be on the Today Show in, in a couple, uh, next month in, or June, two months. Awesome. So that, Congrats, man. Thank you, man. That's, yeah, I, when I found out the day, I was like crying all day trying that's to a, tell that's people. A, that's a bucket list item. It's a big one. And um, yeah. yeah, but it's like, and that was, I was always crying. I was trying to, I was calling my, my mom and my sister and my dad. And I'm like, every time I'd break down, I couldn't like, I was like, <laughs> I didn't talk. I was trying to tell them. And, and then I afterwards, I'm like, why am I so emotional about this? Like, get it together, Hal. And I went, Dude, I've been telling my story to try to help people with it. My story of my car accident, my cancer, which we we went you know a lot more depth on the last interview. But I've been telling that story for 19 years, and you know I've been telling it in front of 10 people or 100 people or you know what I mean or or a podcast with a few thousand people. But like now, I'm just like this is the biggest platform I've ever had to reach millions of people and change their lives with the Miracle Morning and and just with with my story and, and the lessons from that and. It's, well, uh, I love the, well, I mean, you just defined consistency right there and every person of success that I've, has ever crossed my path, everybody wants it to be this magic pill of, Oh, like yep. you said, I won the lottery and life is good. No, it's, they don't, nobody sees the hours of podcasts you put in before that. It's like the NFL athlete. Nobody sees them in the gym three times a day lifting. They just see them out on the field. Right. Yep. Yeah. Not knowing if they would ever get where they wanted to go. Right. Like yeah. we have no guarantee of success. These two decisions don't guarantee anything. They just move you closer to where you want. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Let's, well, let's speak to your book promotion because what I love is number one, it speaks to the consistency of extraordinary effort, which defines the miracle equation, but also many of the people listening in have either written a book and probably not promoted it very well or yeah. want to write a book someday. So like, can you speak to the consistency? What was your podcast regimen as you were building up the Miracle Morning? And maybe even if you want to dive into with the Miracle Equation, how has your promotion strategy evolved and, and what's the yeah. plan on that front? Yeah, absolutely. And let me say this before I go into that, because I, I, I realize I, I'm long-winded, obviously. <laughs> but I want to say this on the extraordinary effort part. So I, I mentioned, you know, consistency is the simplest way to mention it. If you, if you do one thing each day that moves you closer to your goals, you're going to eventually get there just as a matter of time. But here's a specific takeaway from this. It's what I call the power of the process. And I, I created this when I was in sales. I realized that we, most of us are addicted. We're, we're emotionally invested or addicted to our results. So meaning if we have bad results, we then don't feel good about it. We feel bad about it. And it affects our level of motivation or drive or energy. And it usually affects our level of commitment to the process that produces those results. So the idea is that every result, every outcome that we're after, every meaningful, tangible, measurable miracle, if you will, is preceded by a process. 
And the process is what produces the result. Like you said, it's, you know, the, the athlete in the gym, it's not glamorous. It's not fun. It's not exciting. There's no guarantee your process is going to pay off or when it's going to pay off. Right. But the secret to success is to define and predetermine your process that will make your success inevitable. So for example, if you want to lose weight, well, then you have to know that unless, you know, unless you have like a genetic defect or something that essentially, if you burn more calories than you take in, you will lose weight. You will burn calories. You'll burn fat. You'll lose weight, right? Your success is inevitable if you increase your caloric, your exercise and re- reduce your calories. So when I was in sales, that's what I did. And this is applicable to right to, if you're in business, financial advisor, et cetera, I realized I wanted to double my income from one year to the next. This was a real miracle equation year. I wanted to double my income. And therefore, I had to double my results, double my sales. And that scared the heck out of me, right? Anybody listening, if you're like, yeah, doubling my best year ever. And I was one of the top reps for five years and then decided I wanted to double my best. So I'd already, my best previously was one of the top in our company. Mm-hmm. And then I wanted to double it. And it scared me. The idea of that was so intimidating. But then I went, wait a minute. What was my process for my best year ever? And I went back through my schedule. Luckily, I kept good stats where I, every day, and that was when I was using a physical planner, I tallied how many calls I made, how many people answered, how many appointments were scheduled, right? So I tallied those. Mm-hmm. So I was able to go back and go, the years, that, that my best year up until this point, how many calls did I make? And it, it turned out I made, it was like 20.2 calls a day or 21.2 calls a day, five days a week is what I average. Maybe say 100 calls a week is what I averaged. Mm-hmm. And I went, it only takes me an hour to make 20 phone calls. I've made 40 phone calls in a day before it takes me two hours. And then I went, wait, this almost seems too easy. If I just double my phone calls and make 40 calls a day, five days a week this year instead of 20 calls, like this seems too obvious, too simple. But wouldn't that automatically double my income and sales for this year? And I went, yeah, it would. So sure enough, that year, and that's the thing is the process wasn't intimidating. Because yeah. 40 calls in a day wasn't doubling my income, scary as hell. Doubling my phone calls in a day, super simple, not scary at all. Yeah. So all I did was I defined my process, I doubled it, and I, that year I doubled my income and doubled my sales. And so that, you know, in the book, I talk about that. We break down, okay, what's your mission? What's the single most important meaningful goal that will enable you to become the person that you need to be that can create every other goal you want for your life by developing the qualities and the characteristics that you need to achieve more than you ever have? right? So that's kind of the first piece. And then, okay, now let's define what is the process that will virtually guarantee that that mission becomes inevitable. Like you you can't fail once you've got a process in place that produces the result that you're after, right? So that's how we make extraordinary effort, very ordinary and very predictable in the book. It's so funny how working in financial services, it can be a very complicated business, but when you actually simplify it, which what I heard you just define right there, you backed in to, okay, well, here's doubling income. Very scary. That's like the lag goal. That's the end goal, right? So what's the leading measure to that? Well, I can just put in twice as much effort here. That's the same thing we do. We're like, okay, well, how many first appointments are on the calendar in financial services? And if you double that, if all everything else being the same, everything else doubles on the back end. Now that might be adding an advisor or two. It's not that tough to figure out what actually creates it. It's the work that goes in to make it happen. Sure. And that's what I say, right? Success is simple, not easy, right? Because you actually have to do it, but it's simple. So what was your podcast regimen for the book promotion starting out? So it was anyone that would ever have me on their podcast, right? I was on any and every podcast. So I wasn't like I was shooting for the big ones. In fact, if you're a new author, I don't recommend you shoot for the big ones. I recommend that you start out at the bottom because you want to get really get practice. In fact, 
I mean, I've been doing podcast interviews for, you know, I've done over 300 podcast interviews now, and most of them about the Miracle Morning or about my story. When I did, I just started doing Miracle Equation podcast interviews, you know, if you, like a month or so, a month ago with the new book coming out. And the first few I did, even though I'm like a very seasoned podcast guest, I didn't have my messaging down, right? Because I had never explained this new concept before really in this way. So it's like every interview I did, I got better and better and better and better and better and understood, oh yeah, this is a clear way to articulate this lesson or this story or whatever. So first and foremost, start out with be on anyone's podcast that you could be on. And here's my ninja strategy for how to find podcasts to be on. If you go to the, like, if you look at the top podcast, they get inundated with requests, right? You know, the John Lee Dumas and Pat Flynn and Tim Ferriss and Aubrey Marcus, and these guys get inundated with requests. And so therefore they are extraordinarily selective. And that's why they have Shaquille O'Neal and Jamie Foxx, you know, world famous people on their podcast because they've got such a big reach. What I did, and this is the ninja strategy, is go to iTunes New and Noteworthy, choose the categories that are relevant to your books, you know, the, uh, that are reaching the audiences that you're trying to reach, go to the bottom of the New and Noteworthy. And here's the point. New and Noteworthy means they are a new podcast that is getting some traction. The fact that they're new means they're probably not yet inundated with requests because they're new, right? They're not an established podcast that everybody's trying to get on. However, they've got some traction, so you're not, you're not just going after somebody that no one's listening to, but they're probably looking for guests. They're new. And start at the bottom and work your way up. And it's a numbers game. You, you know, go to the bottom, go, okay, there's, here's the top 100 new and noteworthy in my category of financial services. I'm going to email the bottom 20. And you email those bottom 20 and it's a numbers game. Maybe you hear back from 10 and five of them book you, right? And then go to the next 20 and then go to the next 20 and then go to the next 20 and then go to the next related category. But I mean, that'll keep you busy for quite some time. Another ninja strategy is when I was in direct sales, one of my strengths was getting referrals from all of my people I was showing my product to. So I could call their friends and colleagues and say, hey, you know, Brad said you might be of interest in blah, blah, blah. And I would set appointments. So I've always been into referrals, everything I've done since then. So Whenever I do a podcast at the end, I say, hey, I was really fun. Brad, thank you so much. I'm guessing you may know of some other podcasters. You know any other podcasters that I'd be a good guest for in terms of my message and you know my energy and such? And nine out of 10 times, they're like, or eight out of 10, eight out of 10 they go, yeah, yeah, I got a few. And I go, hey, well, I go, let me, I, I go, look, I'm sure you're busy. I'll make this super easy for you. Is it okay if I send you an email? Um, who do you have in mind? Any, any names off the top of your head? If not, that's okay. And they're like, oh yeah, I've got this person, this person. Cool. I'll send you an email with just a little paragraph that you can literally copy and paste just to make it super simple and send email introductions. But your work is just put in the person's name and email, put my name and email, and then just copy this and just intro us. And uh, you can, of course, edit it. Is that, would that be cool? And they say, yeah, that's totally fine. And that's how every time, and I would get it referred to you know two or three or four podcasts every time I did a podcast. So those are two kind of strategies on how I got started. And then eventually I got on a semi big name podcast. And then I was able to name drop that to the next one and the next one. And then eventually I got on, you know, now I can get on bigger and bigger podcasts. So that's my recommendation. And by the way, I've invested well over $10,000 to get on national TV shows. It doesn't move the needle in book sales. Now, the benefit of it is credibility. It's, uh, you know, you, you, you get your video and put it on YouTube and it's like, oh, when somebody goes on YouTube or Googles you, right? Because Google owns YouTube, YouTube videos rank high. So if you can say, Brad on the, uh, the Today Show or just whatever on good, like for me, I did mostly local. It was like, good morning, Albuquerque, good day, Sacramento, right? But mm-hmm. still to see your face on TV show with guests, there's a perceived value of people going, 
wow, that's great. So I did something called celebritylaunchpad.com, I believe is the, the website, Celebrity Launchpad. And it's like speed dating with media people. So you go to this event, you video Skype with like a dozen TV producers, and you get to basically pitch yourself. And then they decide if they want you or not. When I did that, I got on like, you know, that's where I got on like nine TV shows in, you know, one day because we Skyped, they liked me, they booked me. And then that led to, you know, to other stuff. So I, it is worth it in terms of when I say it's not worth it. I mean, the ROI is you're not going to sell enough books to make that money back right away. But to me, it's worth it to have those videos online and on your website and that sort of thing. But, but the bottom line is that's a bonus strategy podcast is the single most effective way to move books. And my theory on that is people at home watching television, they might be making breakfast while the TV is on in the background. They may not read books at all, right? I mean, in fact, it's like only 5% of our society, give or take, that read self-help books or business books. However, if they listen to podcasts, by definition, they pursue personal development and they're usually on a device such as their phone or computer where they can immediately order a book. So that's a recommendation and it costs you nothing to get on those podcasts. You can just reach out and ask. So that's a recommendation for book promotion is to just do as many podcasts as you possibly can. That's so good. If you're an advisor out there, you need to like skip back about five minutes and re-listen to that because that's... <laughs> and, and what's interesting, I've, I've used a similar strategy for booking guests oh, okay. on, on my podcast and it, it's so true. You're well-connected in the author, the thought leader space. You know five people that would make great guests and that's basically organically how my guest list has come to be. So yeah, I'm sure I probably introduced you to, I don't know, Roman or I don't know. I'm sure I've introduced you to some people in the past. I'm guessing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we're, I'm looking at the clock. We're getting close here. We got so seven minutes. One quick question. And maybe if we can condense this and then I want to, I know you've got a special uh, give here for the audience. So I want to make sure we get to that. How has your strategy evolved with promoting this book versus the miracle morning? Any different tweaks that you're doing? Yeah, some big ones. So I hired uh, a book launch manager for this one. I'm more and more and more realizing that I got to stop trying to do all things myself and, and, and bring experts in that are better than me, right? And not to mention it, just taking it off my plate. I go, man, I don't want to be the point person. I want a point person to help me with this. So I hired Tim Grawl, G-R-A-H-L. Um, he wrote the book, Your First 1,000 Copies, and he wrote the book, Launch Blueprint. And uh, I'm so happy I hired him. Uh, it's been going great. Here's his general strategy. His general strategy is it's basically quality over quantity, meaning instead of emailing everyone you know and being like, hey, will you please promote my book? Yes, you email everyone you know and ask them to buy your book. Of course, that's a given. But instead of emailing everyone and being like, hey, here's like a little you know, copy and paste and send this out to your entire email list or your social media or whatever. The idea is he has you reach out to the people in your circle of influence that they're that basically meet the sweet spot of they have the biggest reach and you have a relationship with them. So I had to get out of my comfort zone and I reached out to people that I have a, you know, some of them I don't have like a super strong relationship with, but I was like, I hope they would help me. Like Aubrey Marcus is someone who I helped him when his book came out just because I believed in his book. I read it. I was like, this is amazing. I reached out. I'm like, dude, I want you on my podcast, please. I'd love to, like, and I shared his book and in my Facebook group and this and that, but he and I aren't really close. And I was, you know, we all have our own, I have that high school voice in my head. Like I'm not one of the cool kids, you know? And so I was like hesitant to reach out. And I, you know, I was like, uh, my Chip Franks, who's on my team, you know, was like, dude, you got nothing to lose. Hal, go ask him. And I'm like, you're right. Well, I'm so silly. Follow my own advice, you know? Yeah. And I reached out. And he's like, yeah, totally have you on. I'm like, amazing. And then Chip was like, hey, have you reached out to James Altucher? I'm like, oh, I don't want to bug James, uh, you know? And he's like, 
just ask him. And, you know, and I asked him, James, like, of course, I'd love to have you on. So I flew out to New York and did James's show. You know, it's like everyone I asked helped me out. So that's number one is you reaching out to people in your circle of influence. And that might not be, you might not know any podcaster that might be like in my, with my last book, Miracle Morning, I reached out to the previous company I worked for Cutco and they bought 500 copies of the book and they emailed out a promo to their entire sales force. Right. So I was like, so you got to think outside the box. I called every speaking client that I had and was like, hey, I'll speak for free for you if you buy 300 copies of the book, right? That was my last book. So now on this book, so it's starting out by reaching out to your circle of influence. That's number one. Here's the big tip though. And and this actually will save us time because this is what I was, the give I was going to mention, but this is my strategy, right? So here's the big strategy. And this may be the most important strategy for anybody listening to launch a book. And this is really applicable to any product, any service. You got to just think about the psychology, the sales psychology here. So basically, my book launch manager, Tim, said, Hal, you've got to give people a reason to buy your book now because people have more books on their shelf than they can read. They've got more books in their Amazon shopping cart on their Amazon wish list. He said, So your book could be the best book in the world. And they're going to go, I'll add it to cart and I'll get to it when I have time. Unless you give them a reason, like, hey, actually, if you buy it today, I'm going to make it so worth your while that it'll move it up on the priority list. So the idea is, he said, I want you to create over $1,000 in brand new, real, tangible, high value bonuses that people get only when they order your book during the pre-order or the, the day it comes out You know, phase. I was like, all right. So it's a great idea. So anyone that orders the book right now, if you go to miracleequationbook.com, that will redirect you to Amazon. And, and it does it anywhere, any country that you're in. So if you're in a different country, it'll go to your Amazon page in your country. But miracleequationbook.com, or you can buy the book anywhere books are sold, like target.com, walmart.com, Barnes & Noble. Or I'm just going to buy a bunch of your books and give them away to people. Too. There you go. Get you it from Brad. Be, be on Brad's good list and you will get a miracle in your, in your mailbox. <laughs> the miracle in the mailbox. I got to... Hey, that'll, that'll show up on the next podcast. So you're iterating right here. There you go. So here's what you get. You buy the book uh, today, please. Thank you. I really appreciate it. And it will help you. But you forward your receipt, your email receipt to miracleequation at gmail.com. That's miracle equation. Make sure there's two E's in the middle. People misspell it sometimes. They leave out one E. It's miracle ending in an E, equation beginning in an E at gmail.com. You will get over $1,300 in bonuses. Automatically, you'll be enrolled when you forward your receipt. And the bonuses are, first and foremost, is a course, a six-week live online course with me that starts the week after the book comes out. It is called uh, How to Create Tangible, Measurable Miracles. It's a Miracle Equation course. That's worth $1,200, $1,199. You'll get a guided meditation that will help you through my voice to embed these decisions in your subconscious so that they become part of your thinking and your way of living. And you acclimate to these decisions. And then last but not least, you'll get a two-page front and back miracle equation implementation guide, which basically is something that you keep out in front of you during your miracle morning. You review it at any given time, take notes on it, but it basically sums up all the key concepts in the entire book in one page front and back that you can you know keep top of mind. So the point is, if you go by the book today and forward your receipt to that email address, you get over $1,300 in bonuses. And if you wait you know, to buy the book until next week, you, you, don't, you miss out on the bonuses, right? So the idea is that and, now there's this incentive that is so to your voice in the morning. Yeah. I mean, you can't, yeah. Then you have I'm to, in. All I need is that. I need the one give, meditate to Hal's voice in the morning. I'm in. 
Good miracle morning, Brad. <laughs> Open your mind. Take a deep breath. <laughs> hey, in our last minute, I wanted to, speaking of book promotion, you did something really cool. Actually, that hopefully you uh, take this as a compliment. So I texted David Bach your text from me opting into your book promotion because you did some automated texting in there. I was like, oh, this is gold. And I knew he was launching his book. So I was like, you should do this too. Nice. How's that strategy work? There was a book launch team Yeah, with the texting because basically I was getting texts on my phone about your book promotion. Is that, are you on, those are the launch team texts? Oh, that's the launch team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I use a program called Conveyor. I don't know if you use Conveyor. C-O-N-V-E-Y-O-U-R. So that's unlike miracleequation at gmail.com, convey your, they only put one Y in the middle and mix the words convey and your, so it's one Y in the middle. But conveyor.com is this really cool texting platform where you can yeah, send out video and customize text and it's just really cool. So um, that's what I'm using. But yeah, but the book launch team. So here's the last piece of this puzzle and I know we got to go, but if you're listening to this and you're, you want to launch a book, go to themiracleequation.com forward slash launch dash team. And I actually, as I say that, I should make sure that URL is still live because the, we'll throw it in the show notes if we need to, as long as it's live, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So the, so it's basically it's forming a launch team. The point of the launch team is to get them to leave Amazon reviews on the day the book comes out so that, you know, which gives your book more credibility. So you send them an advanced copy of the book before the book comes out. And the advanced copy could be my publisher sends out hardcovers. When I'm self-published, I send out a PDF. And that way people can read the book in advance. And then the day the book goes live, they log into their Amazon account and they write a review. And then that way, when other people go see the book in that first week, when it's, you know, you're pushing it and, pr- and promoting it, they go, oh, wow, there's already, you know, 30 reviews or whatever. So people are actually, and then they read the reviews. And yeah, it looks like that page is live. So if you go to themiracleequation.com forward slash launch dash team, and, and it's too late to join the launch team, but I think you can join it. You'll probably at least get the automated stuff. And then also that, you ask them to promote Tim, it on social media. Set that up. Tim set all that up on the back end if people want to connect with him for a book launch. Yep, totally. And I, yeah, Tim's amazing. Been a great investment to, uh, to work with him. Cool. Well, Hal, I'm going to let you run. I know you've got a super busy schedule. For those out there watching the video, The Miracle Equation right here, go grab a copy and get a ton of additional other resources live course with uh, with Hal. So Hal, awesome as always, man. Look forward to the next time our paths cross. Thank you, Brad. Appreciate you as always, dude. Thanks for having me. Yep. We'll see you, bud. Take care. Good luck on the launch. Bye. All right. Bye. Thanks for checking out the latest show. On to this week's featured reviews. This week's first review comes to us from Daniel out of California, who says, thankful, five stars. Brad goes above and beyond whether you are a seasoned or new advisor. I know you will find value in taking the time to listen to some of these podcasts. Brad knows and understands advisors are pain points and provides actionable ideas that will immediately add value to your business. Thanks again, Brad, for all you do. Daniel HB, California. Hey, Daniel, thanks for listening in and the kind words. Working in this business for over a decade now, I like to say that I get the opportunity to have an accelerated learning curve as I have this 30,000 foot view of some of the top independent practices from all over the US. So if I'm able to share what works and what doesn't without you having to trial and error it, you know, or waste a bunch of marketing dollars testing unproven ideas, I'm thankful to be in a position to be able to help. So thanks for taking the time to share your thoughts and for the review. The next review comes to us from TCS26MAR who says, Best podcast for growth in the insurance industry. Five stars. Every episode seems to get better and provides valuable resources for advisors building their practice. As other reviewers have mentioned, would love to have a weekly episode, but understand quality over quantity. Would love for you to have some of the Catalyst speakers on the podcast. 
appreciate the review. And uh, it's good to hear the show keeps getting better. I'm not going to lie. I cringe a bit when I listen to my early episodes. So I'm glad I'm getting better as the show progresses. And I'm working on some cool ideas on how to add even more value to the show, maybe even more frequency, including opening up some of our behind closed doors trainings a bit like the Catalyst that are typically reserved just for our clients. So stay tuned on that front and uh, more to come. Next up is user BigBlue0615 who says, Great fit. Five stars. I find myself being drawn towards listening to more podcasts in general, whether in the gym, driving, etc. Brad's is a great fit for an advisor like myself looking to expand my potential and learn from credible experts. Great topics and discussions. Look forward to more. Thanks for listening in and for the five-star review. Super appreciated. I found it's common. It's really a theme with the most successful people I know. They tend to be lifelong learners and not only that, but they find ways to continue to grow. And that often means fitting in podcasts at the gym or on their drive to the office. So well done on that front. And I also appreciate you taking the time to just share your thoughts. More episodes on the way. And the last featured review for the week comes to us from Chris Hansen, CFP, who says, Awesome podcast for all financial advisors. Five stars. Brad Johnson hosts one of the best podcasts I've found for financial advisors. I've been in the business for 26 years and find every episode loaded with tons of information relevant to my practice. I think you'll find Brad and his guests insight valuable regardless of your business model. I'm an avid consumer of financial advisor podcasts. I found the Elite Advisor Blueprint podcast early on and still look forward to each new episode. Brad, thanks for helping make my business more fun, efficient, and profitable. Thanks for the review, Chris. Man, it means a lot to hear such kind words from a 26-year vet and a CFP at that. Even better to hear that our show and lineup of guests is making your business more fun, more efficient, and more profitable. That's basically the ultimate trifecta. So glad you've been listening since the early days. And as the show grows, it's crazy to me how new doors are opening to book more incredible guests in the future. So stay tuned. I'll do my best to keep delivering from my side. As we wrap this show, thanks again for those of you who have taken the time to write a quick review. I love reading each and every one. And for those of you that have interest in diving deeper or figuring out how you may be able to have our team help you implement many of the ideas shared on the show, my day job happens to be consulting financial advisors from all over the US on how to grow their business and design a practice that serves them versus them serving it. Yes, it's possible to grow your business, work less. This is a model we've replicated over and over in markets all over the country. So if you'd like to apply to see if it makes sense for us to have a one-on-one conversation on how to overcome what may be getting in your way, you can do that at bradleyjohnson.com forward slash apply. A-P-P-L-Y. takes about 5 minutes to fill out the application so we can understand what your business looks like, what challenges you may be facing, and how myself and my team may be able to help. Taking your first step is as simple as applying at bradleyjohnson.com forward slash A-P-P-L-Y. Apply. So that's all for this week. Thanks for listening. And I will catch you on the next show. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Elite Advisor Blueprint. For access to show notes, transcripts, and exclusive content from our show's guests, visit bradleyjohnson.com. And before you go, I've got a quick favor to ask. If you're liking the podcast, you can help support the show by leaving your rating and review on iTunes. Not only do we read every single comment, but this will help the show rank and get discovered by new listeners. It really does help. Thanks again for joining and be sure to tune in next week for another episode. The information and opinions contained herein are provided by third parties and have been obtained from sources believed to be reliable, but accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed by Advisors Excel. 
The guest speaker is not affiliated with or sponsored by Advisors Excel for financial professional use only, not to be used with the general public or in a sales situation.